there are literally no words to explain that moment when you have your child in your hands when you can see their little face and, and their body and they're just so little and they're so reliant on you lovely listeners welcome to the milk and madness podcast hosted by d and Yi. today you're here with d as i'm recording a bonus episode uh, to walk you through my labor story now apologies in advance i am coming off the back end of covid so i may sound slightly croaky we'll try and get through this as painless as possible the labor journey itself um, it is such an individual experience i can't tell you how your experience will go. I can't guarantee that it will or won't be the same as mine. Well, most likely it won't be the same as mine, but I think that it's really important to hear different stories just to get a gauge of what labor can be like, because it is the unknown. I personally was so incredibly fortunate to have had a textbook pregnancy and labor as well. I was able to fall pregnant quite easily and I didn't experience any of the well-known common symptoms like morning sickness or heartburn, blood pressure issues, nothing like that. So I was so incredibly thankful that I didn't have to go through any of that. Obviously I had aches and pains, but nothing too dramatic or drastic. So I would consider my experience overall quite smooth and easy. So again, I do hope your experience is the same as mine. I know we hear a lot of horror stories, a lot of horror pregnancy stories, a lot of horror labor stories, and you know, they aren't all like that. So I hope me sharing this experience doesn't set any unrealistic expectations for you, but it also sets your mind at ease that even though it is the unknown, it can go quite smoothly as well. All right. So I will talk about, cause there's a lot to unpack, of course. So what I'll do is I'll talk about all the physical aspects of the labor. And then I think maybe in a different story, I'll talk about the emotional side in more depth because there is a lot here and I I am trying to keep it brief. So for me, everything happened in sequential order of how it was explained to me in the birthing classes, which I highly recommend that you do if you haven't already and if you are currently pregnant. At the time, I didn't put two and two together, but in hindsight, I see how it all played out that way. I had taken two weeks of mat leave because I felt quite well. My pregnancy was quite smooth and There were no issues, so I'd only taken two weeks. But four days in, someone decided that he was ready to come out. At the time, I didn't know it was a he, so I was completely unsure of what the sex of the baby would be. But I remember going to that nesting phase where I was, like, vacuuming and cleaning throughout the day, and I was, yeah, I was proper nesting. And I'd heard people tell me about that, but I didn't realise that I was doing it until, again, like I said, in hindsight, I realised that, yeah, I I was nesting. I then remember doing the satisfying poo, which if you know, you know, and again, I was told about it and didn't really know what anyone was talking about until it happened. I was like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> this is the satisfying poo. So yeah, if, if you're currently pregnant, you'll know what that means. My mucus plug also came out. So again, it was something that the birthing classes explained to me. And yes, so that came out and I just... I just remember feeling really tired, like really, really just drained, just out of it. We're out for dinner at Calvin's parents' house. And yeah, and he was like, let's go home. You look really exhausted. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So I came home and I was about to jump into bed. I was standing next to the bed and I literally lifted up the sheets to, to jump in. And I just remember this trickle of water 
running down my leg. And it's not like the movies. It's not like a gush of water splashing everywhere. It's not a water balloon popping out of you. It was just like this trickle of water. And I was just quite confused. I was like, did I just pee myself? Like what's, what's going on here? Then obviously I realized that, oh, my water just broke. So we headed to the hospital. Now I wanted a water birth. So we'd called the hospital and we said, look, our water just broke. We want a water birth. And they said, look, come in and uh, we'll assess from there. So we thought, no worries. We headed in and they strapped me up and had me up to all the monitors and whatnot and asked me a couple of questions. Had me there for a little while. I'm not sure how long because time escapes you. But yes, I was in there for a little bit and contractions had started. And I think they were just monitoring to see how far apart they were. But yeah, after they checked everything up and and they said everything looks good, they gave me some painkillers and they said, go home, get some rest. This is your first baby. This could take a few days. (laughs) And I was just like, wait, what? I think in my head, I thought your water breaks, you go into the hospital and that's it. Like you don't leave the hospital until you come out with the baby. But they're like, no, no, it's your first baby. You can take a couple of days, go home, get, get as much rest as you possibly can. And I was like, okay, it's not what I was expecting, but sure. So we came home and I told Calvin, look, go and get some rest because obviously one of us needs to rest and I don't think that I'm going to get any. So he went to sleep and not long after we came home, I could feel the contractions getting stronger and stronger. And I felt like every time I was contracting, like my body just wanted to push. So I tried to have a shower. I tried to lie down. I tried to sit up. I tried different things to breathe through it and get through the pain and and all of that. Nothing really worked. I ended up calling the hospital again a a few hours later and I said, look, my body is pushing and they said, it's bound to happen. Try to breathe through it. Give us a call when your contractions are really close together. And I was like, okay. And then they're like, take another couple of painkillers in two hours. Another two hours passed and I was still pushing. I was still, I don't know. I just, I couldn't I couldn't stop myself from pushing. I wasn't in extreme pain. I wasn't in distress, nothing like that. I just, I felt like my body was ready to push. After the two hours had passed, I called the hospital again. I said, look, I'm still pushing. I I don't know, is this right? It's my first child. Something just doesn't feel right. And they said, okay, come in. And I reminded them again, I want a water birth. And they said, yep, no worries, please come in. So I wake up Calvin and we go in and they strap me up again and they look at everything. And I don't remember much of that bit of the hospital. I was focusing on breathing. I was really focusing on trying to get through the contractions. They must've talked to Calvin. It's all just a blur to me. I don't really recall too much. But they got a room ready for me and I went to the room and again, I said, I want a water birth. And they said, yep, yep, yep. Let's check you out and let's see where we're at. Whoever came in, I'm assuming it was the nurse, the midwife. She came in and she did an internal check, which is basically they go down there and they feel around, I guess. And she said, oh, you're 10 centimeters dilated. You need to start pushing. I'm really sorry. We don't have time to set up the water birth. And I said, okay, no worries. Let's just do this. So they gave me the gas. And funny story here, which will be for another day. But yes, they gave me the gas and I was just taking cues from the nurse. So they will usually tell you when to push, when to rest. They kind of gauge where everything's going. So they must have had like a small tub or bucket of water, warm water and a cloth. And I distinctly remember TMI alert here. 
that they were getting in the cloth and they were wiping but it wasn't just there it was like the bum area as well so I'm assuming that with the pushing people that say that they don't poo themselves when they push are probably lying even though I did the satisfying poo and I felt like I was cleaned out most likely I think I did probably do a poo while I was pushing but anyway so I started pushing and again took the cues from the nurse and I just remember that it felt like a burning sensation that's just what it felt like to me when I guess the baby was coming and and the baby was ready to come out I didn't realize it was the last push but I just remember thinking I'm done get out <laughs> like just get out now and so I just mustered up all my strength and I just pushed with all my might and the baby came out it was it was such a beautiful beautiful experience for me on one hand I was relieved that the labor was over little did I know that the uh, post labor would uh, have me wanting the labor to come back because all of the things that come post delivering a baby the other side of it was the relief that came with seeing your baby you'd seen the baby on the monitors when you had but it is a whole nother thing when you're holding your baby in your hands and you can see all 10 fingers their 10 toes and that they're just perfect in in every way and then finally the icing on the cake for me was to find out the sex of the baby i found out that i had a boy so for the purposes of this story i will refer to him as aiden even though it took us three weeks to decide on a name again another side story but they put Aiden on my skin to have that skin to skin contact and while they were doing other bits and pieces I had to of course birth my placenta and all of that I didn't even care they could do whatever they were doing and I was in such awe it was just it, it I just I can't explain it looking back those 10 months of growing a baby and feeling the baby inside of you it all comes together in that one moment when you hold them and they're there <sighs> Sorry. Every time I think about it, it just makes me emotional. Aiden was just a fit. I cannot explain it in any way other than that. I remember looking at him up and down and all around and just looking at every single inch of him. And it's really funny because before having kids, I would look at babies like newborns and I would just wonder, I'm like, why do people say they're so beautiful? Like they are so weird looking and people are like, wait till you have your own kid. You'll see, you'll see that you'll think that they're perfect. <laughs> and I just looked at Aiden and I was like, he looks like a little, he was all wrinkly. He was fully pinky color with ears that went way too big for his head. And even though I could see that Calvin thought he was cute and I'm like, nah, man. So he looks like a little old man, a wrinkly little old man. But it didn't matter. I just felt this overwhelming feeling of love and protection and gratitude that he was here and that he was healthy and all of the anxieties of the unknown were gone. And yes, I was in my bubble of love. Now, there's certainly so much more to dive into about the emotional side of things and the post-pregnancy side of things, but I'll quickly switch and talk about my experience with my second born. I fell pregnant with my second, if my math is correct, 1.8 months or so after giving birth to Aiden. So they're about two and a half years apart. And I had a very similar pregnancy with my second. Again, didn't have any issues getting pregnant. My pregnancy was fine and I also didn't find out the sex of this child as well. So I was convinced that I was having another boy. The only difference was more mentally 
because it was during lockdown that I was pregnant with my second born. I remember going to the appointments and because we were in lockdown, Calvin couldn't come. I had a lot more fear and anxiety with my second born and that was due to obviously the state of the world, things around the COVID situation. I remember feeling really scared and anxious about how I would be in the hospital because there was a lot of talk about all the resources were scarce because of COVID. And I was worried that I wouldn't get the care that I needed with delivering the baby. And I was scared that Calvin couldn't come to the hospital. And I was actually quite angry at the world. I was really angry about a lot of things and the way things were panning out. It ended up being quite a dark night of the soul sort of experience. But again, that's a story for another time. Luckily, everything was basically similar to how it was with Aiden. So I had that reassurance that I felt at ease. It was a second born. I'd been through it. I knew the drill. So everything progressed much in the same way. Again, I took two weeks of mat leave before my due date, but the second one was a little bit more stubborn. She wasn't quite ready. She had other plans. She ended up being just under a week late. And I remember going to the appointments and they did the stretch and sweep, I think it's called, TMI alert, but where they insert their fingers and they try to manually induce labor. Again, everything happened as per normal. My water broke. I went to the hospital. I do recall though, uh, after I had Aiden, that they said, if I have any more children, that everything will happen a lot quicker. So with my second child, we called the hospital we went into the hospital. It was actually a different hospital this time. They checked me out. They uh, monitored me up, everything. They had me in the room and the contractions hit. And I was like, okay, I remember what this is. I'm ready to go. The nurse came in and she said, look, entirely up to you. You can either go home and wait until your contractions are closed, or I can do an internal search to check to see how far you are dilated but it'll mean that I'll have to totally blanked on what the word is called, but where they have to put you into the hospital. And I said, check me. I want to be not enrolled. What's the word? Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. And she's like, okay, no worries. So she did her search and she said, okay, you're six centimeters dilated. So they got a room ready, went into the room and <laughs> I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, there's no nurses. Um, I'm ready to push. Can you get you in and got a nurse? And she came in, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to push. She's like, oh, okay, okay. So, so Amelia came out. I'd have to have a look on the papers, but I think I had active labor for like seven minutes or something. Like it was so quick. She came out, she was ready. I was ready. My body knew what to do. And she came out and she was still in the sack. They had to rip the sack open. And again, everything just blurred. They were stitching me up. They were doing what they were doing. It did not matter. None of it mattered. First of all, I didn't know she was a girl. So when they put her on me and I was dead set convinced I was having another boy and they said, she's a girl, I was just beside myself because A, I wasn't expecting it to have a boy and a girl. There are literally no words to explain that moment when you have your child in your hands when you can see their little face and, and their body and they're just so little and they're so reliant on you and they just snuggle into you and it's an experience that I'm beyond grateful for. It doesn't help that I'm croaky because it sounds like I'm even more choked up, but honestly, it, it really is remarkable uh, what we go through. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for being patient with me and my croaky voice. Please remember to listen to your intuition, come what may, 
you don't know what your experience is going to be like until you're in it. So be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself. Thank you for listening to my story. I hope you were able to take something away from it. We would also love to hear from you. So if you would like to share with me and myself and the listeners of this podcast, please contact us at contact at milkamadness.com. Until next time, stay connected. You are not alone.